We have one mission at the program. Develop better leaders and create more cohesive teams. Let's go, man. It's a race. Welcome to the program podcast. The program is a team building and leadership development company that works with more than 160 collegiate and professional athletic teams and corporations throughout North America annually. And I'm Eric Kapitulik, the founder and CEO of it. The program believes that individual talent affords us the opportunity to do well in life. Individuals and individual talent allows us to win games. But great teams compete for championships on whatever our chosen battlefield may be. And great teams are comprised of great teammates and great team leaders. Joining me today on the program podcast to help us become great teammates and great team leaders is University of Maryland head men's lacrosse coach, John Tillman. Coach Tillman was hired as the University of Maryland's head men's lacrosse coach on June 16, 2010, becoming the ninth coach in the then 85-year history of the program. Since taking over the helm 10 years ago, all he has done is lead the Terps to eight NCAA Final Fours five national title games, and 142 and 40 overall record. To put that in perspective for our regular audience, on a previous podcast, speaking to James Kerr, the author of Legacy, a book about the New Zealand All Blacks, the most successful team in international history. Their win percentage was 77%. Coach Tillman and the Maryland Terrapins, 78%. In 2017, Maryland captured its first NCAA national championship since 1975. During this time, Maryland leads the country in All-American selections, NCAA tournament wins, and Final Fours. His 24-9 career NCAA tournament record ranks seventh all-time in NCAA history. He is among the greatest coaches in history in any sport. Coach Tillman, welcome to the program podcast, and thank you for joining me today. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Cap. Coach, let me jump right in because I know what everybody wants to know what I want to know. What's the secret? Is there one? How do you accomplish what you, your staff and team have accomplished? Eight NCAA Final Fours, five national title games, a national championship, 142 and 40 overall record. There isn't a leader of any team, athletic or corporate, who doesn't want to enjoy that success to include me. What do we have to do to achieve it? Boy, we, we don't have enough time uh, <laughs> to, to go through all of the things involved. And, and that's really, you know, my point is there are so many things that I think go into having a successful organization. Um, you certainly never do it alone. 
um, if you're a leader. Um, yeah, a lot of people look to you, but you have to have great people. Um, and we're very fortunate here. We have great people, whether it's great players, which we've had a lot of them. Um, it's those great players having the right mindset, unselfish mindset, um, putting the team first, uh, great work ethic, ability, um, you know, leadership, things of that nature. Um, you need the support of so many people and we're very fortunate here to have a tremendous sports uh, support staff between academics, um, between facilities, um, you know, an administration that really cares, that supports us. Um, so with, a, with all of the people that we have here, um, just the quality of them, but the support and everybody pulling in a similar direction, I think those are things that, that certainly help us and then it's hopefully developing and maintaining on a daily basis your culture, which is a challenge, um, and trying to do that every day. Yeah. Coach, you, you, when you talk about your culture, are there, how would you define your culture? You talk, I know, I'm, let me, I'm sorry, ask the question and I jump you off, right? Is, cut you off, is I know you talk a lot, a lot about be the best. But is that your culture or how would you describe it? You know, the, the saying, we're really fortunate. There are a lot of schools and, and a lot of people that every year they come up with a saying that, you know, that kind of defines their journey or it's, hey, this is going to be something that we rally behind. And we're lucky because that was already done for us. Um, you know, in the 70s, you know, Bud Beardmore came up with this concept of be the best. Um, and man, it, it, it's simple, but it, it's fantastic. Um, and, and, and you'd want something like that, right? Be the best. Listen, you can look at it a number of different ways, but the way we look at it is the way Coach Beardmore looked at it. You know, it's being the best person, student, and player that you can be. Um, so anybody that comes into the program, that's the challenge. But it is a daunting challenge. Um, to be your best requires so much time and effort and sacrifice and commitment and resiliency. Um, and, and that's not something that everybody chooses to do or at times you always wanna do because it may not be the easiest thing to do in the moment. It, it does require, even in those moments when you're tired, um, you know, you feel like you have a lot of things to do, but staying focused on being the best version of you it's it's really challenging. So you have to have somebody that knows that, hey, if I go there, it's not just staying eligible and playing good lacrosse. It's much more than that. Why? At the end of the day, we feel like we're educators and this is an experience that we hope um, sets them up for the rest of their lives. Uh, parents are banking on us to make sure that we can continue to develop them um, and uphold the values that the parents have um, instilled in them. And that's day after day, um, all the while making sure that, you know, they have a, their, their well-being is looked after um, in this day and age with, I think, mental health, making sure that, you know, we, we're, we're aware of that and we're gauging that, um, making sure that their grades stay up, making sure that, you know, we think about what are we going to be doing after in terms of opportunities but not just the opportunities, are we providing the skills that will help them once they get those opportunities? 
you know, things like leadership and time management and, uh, you know, being able to fix problems and find solutions because those things are gonna be critical in their jobs. And it doesn't matter whether it's Wall Street or they're gonna become lawyers or doctors or coaches and teachers. You've gotta be able to come up with solutions because sometimes things pop up and we've seen that over the last 16 months. There's a lot of challenges that come our way and you can't stop doing what you're doing just because there are challenges. You've gotta find a way um, to continue your pursuit especially at a really high level. Um, so be the best is something that you really have to buy into. It, you can't just say it when you're in the huddle. You've got to live it every day. And, and some days we do a little bit better than others. Um, but we go back to that day after day, we reset and we try to adhere to that. So in a way, I'm really thankful because it, a lot of the thought is taken out of it. And now it's up to us and the people that are in our offices right now while we're here, we just need to continue to adhere to be the best. And then when our time is up, somebody else, they'll have to do the same thing. But I do think it accomplishes so many goals, whether it's the young people that are here or the administration or our fans um, or our parents, you know, the be the best, there's a lot of things that depending on what you wanna get out of your experience, that we check a lot of those boxes. Coach, you said some, that's awesome. You said something when you talked about being your best, you, you, you had said uh, the best version of yourself, I think is the words that you used. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that's at least what I heard. And one of the things that it, it is so challenging is that if we are going to be the best version of ourselves, that requires consistent self and team improvement. When you're coming off a season like 2017, a year where you win a national championship compared with 2021, where you lose a national championship, is there anything that you do as the leader of that organization to ensure that the team continues to stay focused on consistent self and team improvement after experiencing and by the way when I say the team you and your staff too is there anything specific that you do or you think about after those two very different outcomes uh you know what the the result you may have won the last game you may have lost the last game but when you when you end that season really the mindset be the best doesn't change right you if you won the game, you're still hitting the reset button and starting all over in the fall. Um, you know, if you lose it, you obviously know you came up short. Sometimes there's maybe a little more motivation there because of the sour taste in your mouth. But I think successful people, they don't, they have short memories when they have success or failure. It's always a matter of let's start taking inventory. Um, let's look at every aspect of the program and again, are, are we being the best in those areas? Um, do we need to evolve? Do we need to upgrade? Do we need to change? Um, and I think you, you never, and I hear, you know, you hear this all the time, you never stay the same. You're either getting better or getting worse. So um, you have to be, you have to critically um, self-assess and kind of figure out, hey, am I doing a great job as a leader? Where am I coming up short? And I always feel like there's always a lot of things I could do better. Um, and I think it starts with with me. 
but then we look at every aspect of the program. Um, and then you start having conversations with your staff, with your players, um, you know, the people in your department and, and just try to figure out where can we get a little bit better? We're not broken, um, but we're not ever satisfied. And we always want to challenge ourselves to be better. Um, and we don't want to rest on what we did last year, because if you just start thinking and, and resting on what you did last year, I think people, you know what, they're going like, to surpass you. Um, so you got to be okay with, you know, getting criticized um, and people saying, hey, you know, you could be better in this area and that area. And if you're too sensitive to be able to handle it, I'm not sure you're going to be reaching your full potential. You mentioned about having a short memory. Coach, you know, you, uh, I've known you a, a, a fair chunk of my adult life, a uh, great privilege of mine. Um, having known you for that long. Uh, but in preparation for our time together today, uh, I learned something that I uh, had never known, which was, I, I get it, you know, Cornell graduate. What I, what I did not know was Dean's List. Like for me, it's easy for me to have a short memory. I mean, with my academic performance, but you, uh, that, that, that somehow escaped my, uh, my radar was Dean's List at Cornell. Very nice. I appreciate it. A lot of hard work. Um, school, um, you know, I don't walk into a classroom and have a photographic memory. So, um, and we had some great students uh, on our campus. So it was a lot of hard work and, and a lot of sacrifice, but I always felt like the opportunity to get an education um, was something that I felt fortunate to get. And I always made a promise to my parents and, and that's all they ever asked of me is just do your best. Um, again, be your best. Um, so in a way, it was that responsibility to take advantage of your opportunity and make the most of it. Um, I never yeah. got, you know, a big lecture on, um, you know, hey, this grade or that grade, same thing on the field. It was more, listen, just do your best. And, and you know, when you're when you're working hard and when you're not working hard. And I just didn't want to let my parents down. I, I felt like I owed them that because I know not everybody gets that opportunity to go to college. Coach, it's interesting to hear about never receiving a lecture on a grade, because that's a bit like never getting a lecture on, did you win the championship or didn't you didn't. Let's stay focused on what we have to do every single day that's gonna make us successful, however we define success. And I, I enjoy hearing that from your parents uh, because as a parent myself, I've never once talked to my children about A or B, you know, you need to get A's. It's, no, we need to be selfless, tough, and disciplined. Challenge ourselves. Work your hardest. Hey, that's what makes me proud, you know, and that's what makes mom proud. So interesting here. Talking about your parents, having known you for as long as I do, I know they were uh, impactful on your life. But coach, I think we're all of some of our experiences of which where we grew up, you in, in Ithaca, New York, you got your parents there. Um, you go to high school there, you, you, you coach, uh, you, you, I'm sorry, you, you attend college at Cornell in Ithaca, then you coach at Ithaca. Uh, then you, you, you can see, I, I, you don't have to say it, I'll say it for you. Then you get the, the truly great privilege of your life of of coaching at the United States Naval Academy, where only the best and the brightest attend. And 
uh, and then and then on to Maryland. So a lot of different experiences. Are there any certain experiences that stand out? Either things you did, didn't do, mistakes you made, didn't make, uh, people in your life that that stand out that you think, boy, this had a, this is something that's has stayed with me to this day and will continue to do so. Yeah, and you know, when you ask that question, a bunch of things go through my mind and. You know, I grew up in upstate New York. I, I spent a lot of time in Ithaca, um, as you mentioned, and I grew up 45 minutes down the road in a little town, Corning. Um, and, and looking at, you know, they talk a lot about your environment impacting, you know, who you are. Um, I had a dad who, you know, was a Marine at one point in his life. Um, and then my mom was a teacher, right? So a lot of those things that, you know, when you think about it, you know, whether you think about it or not, as a coach, you are a teacher, you know, like you're a, a person that's going to impact other people. I may not be in the classroom all the time, but you're on the field and, and you may be traveling wherever you are, you're in charge of a group of people. And that is a big responsibility and, and one that, um, you know, we don't take lightly. Um, so, and then you think about the discipline, um, and all the things that come with someone that is the pride that comes with a Marine Corps officer. Like there's a lot that comes with that, that maybe at the time you don't realize rubs off. Um, but you do, um, the people that are around you and the things that you hear and the actions that you see, you know, your parents make, yeah, a lot of times you do replicate those things, their belief systems become yours. And then I was the third boy. So I had two great role models, two very different brothers, but two that um, in a lot of ways got me ready for life. Um, at the time, you don't always realize it. You know, you have three boys in the back of a station wagon. Um, I didn't always get the better of some of those, um, um, you know, some of the fisticuffs. Um, usually yeah. as the youngest, you get take most of the beatings, but those beatings uh, create toughness. And I say that jokingly. Um, you know, there's always a lot of competition, I think, when you're young among siblings, that's just the nature of it. Um, but there's also a lot of love and there's a lot of guidance and there's a lot of advice that, that I got at a young age and I continue to get now. So you think about, you know, having just an awesome upbringing, uh, being in a town and a community that was very like, like everybody knew everybody. Um, and there was a lot of support for each other in our community. It was a very tight knit town, a great place to grow up. Um, and you would literally just get up in the morning during the summer and you come home at dinner time and um, your parents didn't really worry about you. Um, they just you know, told you to be back by dinner. And I had some great friends and um, just so many awesome people that were mentors to me. And, and, and you kind of hit on that. Just you know, coaches and teachers were big. They were very impactful to me. You know, I just think about as a young guy trying to figure out life, who did you go to? A lot of times it was the people that taught you the, the classes. And some in some classes, I did a better job of maybe being disciplined and being focused and, um, you know, um, doing as well as I could have. And other times, you know, I, I got better at it. Um, and then the coaches that that coached me were people I always looked up to. And, and maybe that's a big reason why I became a coach is that um, those people did so much for me and helped me so much. Um, and I needed their help. I needed their guidance. Um, and they, because of what they did for me, maybe I want to do the same for others. Awesome. Coach, 
bringing it back to coaching itself, because you, you, you highlighted a couple of things about toughness, about competitiveness, as, as you talked about your own family and your relationship with your brothers and, and friends, it, it opens up a, a number of different questions for me, thinking about today and in today's society. First, you mentioned, hey, you leave in the morning, you come back in the afternoon. That's how you spend your summers. I feel like today coaching youth lacrosse, uh, basketball, right, for my for my son's team, um, things seem that now with many parents with their very young children, it's this camp and then that camp and then this camp and then that camp. What What is your thoughts? First, did you, were you, uh, single sport lacrosse guy your your whole life did you play multiple sports your thoughts about that even uh, not only for yourself but with players that you're recruiting um and then uh, maybe a little bit of thought about uh you know the structure of an eight-year-old's day or something yeah i think um you know you you touched about a couple of things one when we were young we played a lot of sports um, and that's kind of what we did all summer. Um, you know, it, it, you look at what the guys have access to now, you know, with whether it's computers and, and, and being able to have a better sense of their world, their world just seems so much bigger, um, growing up in a small town and I wouldn't trade it for a minute. Um, you know, that town seemed pretty big. Um, yeah. and so <laughs> you didn't really have a sense of, you know, where's Long Island? Um, you know, that, that seemed like, you know, it was really far away. Um, yeah. and it really wasn't, but because you didn't really have access to what life was like there or anything like that, you know, a town 20 minutes away or just upstate New York or Western New York seemed really big. Um, right. Cause yeah. that's all, you know, um, but I just remember we, we played a lot of sports cause there wasn't a lot else for young guys to do. Like you, you couldn't hop on the computer and do things. So, um, you, you had certain maybe leagues that you played in, but a lot of times it was, you meet up with your friends and you just create the games. Um, you pick the teams, you'd make the rules. Um, and in a way it was great because you had to use your imagination. And again, it helps you kind of figure things out. Um, and that's something that we talk to our guys a lot about is, um, there's a lot of situations that you're going to be presented with and you've got to kind of figure things out and you yeah. might not have the answer. You might not know, but you've got to find a way to get the job done. And so it's a bit of slang, figure it out, but it is pretty true. Um, so if it, you got up in the morning, it's like, what are we going to do? I don't know. Let's just go figure it out. Let's like, let's just get the guys together and we'll play pick up basketball today, you know, or, you know, we'll play wiffle ball, whatever it may be. So we got used to just doing it on our own. Um, and, and you kind of had to think about the rules and in a way you always knew the rules and you always had to kind of figure things out and, and say, all right, this is how we're doing it. I think now kids start structured sports a lot earlier. So a lot of that is done for them, uh, for better or worse. Um, so you're told this is what you're doing. This is when you show up and then who, this is who you're playing with and this is where we're going. Um, so it seems a, a little bit different. And in, in some of the coaches in my area, we, we kind of talk about that, where maybe guys aren't given the opportunity to have to 
think for themselves. There, there's a, there may be told a little bit earlier, hey, this is what we're doing. Um, and that's not anybody's fault. Um, it's just, you know, things may be a lot more organized um, in youth sports than maybe they used to be. And maybe see, people see the youth sports starting earlier. Certainly, if you wanted to play lacrosse, there's a lot of kids playing at a younger age. Um, you know, kids are playing in leagues or travel teams a lot earlier. So maybe that's maybe the difference from that. Um, there seems to be a big boom in youth sports and um, people realizing that if you want to play in college, maybe you've got to start earlier. Um, so that's a big difference. But uh, we, we were in a small town. So in our high school, you know, you kind of got used to thinking about playing football or basketball or soccer or hockey. Um, and in a lot of ways, you know, you kind of needed to do that because um, they needed people um, to play on the team. But also it was nice because, you know, if they needed you, you didn't have to be the biggest, fastest, or strongest. Um, and there are some schools down in this area where I wouldn't have had that opportunity. I just wasn't a good enough athlete to play on their basketball team. Some of the kids on the basketball teams around here, they're going top level D1. It's just hard to make a roster of maybe 14 basketball players at, at some of the places around here. So I felt very fortunate just to get that experience and go on that journey for that season and be around those guys, develop those relationships and have those athletic experiences of, you know, working hard, developing your skills, um, you know, doing things that teammates do to try to make the team better, um, developing those, the right mindset, those habits um, and experiencing success and failure. And I, and again, I think there's a lot of value to, to, to the failure. Um, you never want anybody to fail. But a lot of times as you're growing up through sports, sports a lot of times is a great place to have adversity, deal with disappointment, deal with failure, because it, when you're young, it's usually not fatal. It's a, an opportunity to learn and grow and figure out, mm -hmm. okay, where can I be better? Because um, what we know, right, we fast forward 20 years, we realize sometimes life is very unforgiving and it's going to be heartbreaking. Well, if you're used to not always getting what you want and you know, you've had to deal with some of those things, it buffers that adversity. Again, you realize, okay, I've got to pick myself up. I've got to dust myself off and I've just got to keep moving. If all those obstacles are taking away the first time you fail, it's going to be really hard. It's going to be hard to bounce back. You don't really know how to do that. And mentally it could throw you for a loop. So yeah. I, I, I do think that that failure and, and disappointment, and I'd certainly I had many of those growing up um, on the teams I played. Um, you know, maybe I didn't play well, maybe I didn't make the team. Um, maybe I played poorly. Um, all those things, you've got to get yourself up and, and kind of respond and figure out where you're going to go next. And you can't let those things define you. Yeah. Toughness is a learned trait, right? And tough times, those tough experiences that you're talking about, not making the team, getting knocked down, whether literally or figuratively and whatever it might be, right? Sports, academics, business. How are you going to respond to it? And that toughness is key. And either we're going to learn it at a very young age, uh, which doesn't necessarily guarantee a success, but not learning it as we're growing up, it certainly doesn't uh, it's, it certainly doesn't uh, help us achieve the success that we want. 
Coach, when I talk about, uh, you know, I, I'd like to ask you one question before I we, we get into the final segment of this, and I really appreciate you making the time here to speak to us uh, here, Coach, but because I'd be remiss if I didn't bring it up because I know how important it is to you. We're always going to talk lacrosse, lacrosse, lacrosse. You mentioned how important academics are to you at the University of Maryland. You're the number of academic All-Americans that you've had at Maryland is, is a, if you're in the community, it's well, well published or publicized. But another piece that I know you're intimately involved in is, is uh, team impact. And uh, also, uh, I know that you're, at least you were a coach. I don't know if they're still doing it with the COVID in the last couple of years, but I know you've been involved in the past with a uh, shootout for, for soldiers. Those two things, or maybe any other things, Coach, that are, that you feel really make a difference in your life or your team's life, uh, could you speak to them? Why are those things important to you? Why are you involved with them? I think when you when when you get to you know where where I am at my life, you 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 kind of obviously your lens is a little bit different. You're you're very thankful for the experiences that you have, the relationships that you've had, um, and and you you know, having been where I've been, certainly you mentioned uh, the Naval Academy, you know, you, you get uh, a direct, you know, viewpoint of seeing people and working with people that have served um, that very unselfishly give up their time, uh, their time with their families, they make sacrifices, they're willing to put their lives and their families and, um, you know, just their general ease, I shouldn't say easy, but more structured life you know, they, they set those aside to go anywhere they're called to go in the world to defend our freedoms. And there's a, you know, when you see that day after day, there's such a great appreciation for all these people, all these men and women all over the world that are, are selflessly doing things so that we can just come and go as we please. Um, and there's an old saying, right? The freedom isn't free. Um, and, and you come to appreciate that more and more um, unfortunately, sometimes that's because, you know, you've known people that you've lost that you care about deeply, you know, people like Brendan Looney. Um, and so, you know, you, you want to make sure that people don't lose sight of that. You want to make sure that if you have a platform, um, you know, people realize, hey, you know, over the course of the day, we're all very busy, but um, let's take a moment, you know, to be appreciative of those things, because in other countries, we don't, you don't have the same freedoms and, and somebody's doing that and helping us do and, and live the lives we want and, and allows us to make the choices that we're able to make. Um, so I think you, you want to make sure that those people aren't forgotten and you want to make sure that they are thanked, because uh, sometimes that does go a long way. Um, you know, those people, they're not looking for it, but when they hear it, it's just nice to be acknowledged. So, you know, the, the, the shootout for soldiers or, you know, in any of the holidays to make sure that, hey, we haven't forgotten you. I, I, I think it does go a long way to, for them and their families because even the families are making a big sacrifice. Um, yeah. You know, when it comes to team impact, uh, that was something that uh, we were introduced to by Tim Shea, who was a, a, a former teammate of mine. And you know, they, they connect a team with a young person that's going through a challenging medical situation. Um, and, and the team gets a chance to support that young person through a tough time. Um, and, and there's a lot of support there. 
Uh, I think as much as that young person gets support, I think there is a perspective that is provided to the, 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 the athletes on your team um, and that is invaluable just to be appreciative of what you do have and realize that, you know, hey, as, as hard as our day might be or challenging the day may seem with academics and, and a practice, uh, there's people going through a lot more challenges, right? So I think that's important. And even over the last 16 months, I think the platform that we have is important for things like social justice. Um, you know, you hope that, you know, I've been here uh, 11 years now, you know, people see Maryland as a leader in the sport of lacrosse and it is something that we embrace. Um, and for us, I think the social justice piece is, is really critical. Um, we are a very diverse community here at the University of Maryland. Um, the history of our program, we've had a lot of diversity in our locker room. It's something that we take great pride in, uh, we think is really important. Um, and it's something that I think we wanna make sure that we love our country. There are some areas we can get better, um, but we'd like to try to figure out if we can help in some way move the needle to, to help be better. And yeah, maybe it's just a small amount, but it's an amount. And if we all looked at it that way and we all tried to move the needle, maybe we can make things better and, and just in our community and, and you know, in, in our little area. But it's also sending messages to our young people that, hey, these things are important. Um, it's part of who we are and these are part of our values. Um, so again, that platform, we, we know that there's a lot of responsibility for us and uh, it's something that we don't take lightly. Before we came on this this today, we were talking about Coach Reppert, J.L. Reppert, who was named the head coach at, at Holy Cross here this year, um, which makes me think of with you and your own staff, if, as we get back to, to lacrosse and, and work business, when you're hiring for for an open position on your staff coach Reppert leaves goes to take a head coach with the success that you've achieved over the years that you've achieved you've had a number of staff go on to become head coaches right now so there's some turnover that comes with that when you're hiring a new member to your staff what are you looking for what do you do well you you, you want somebody that philosophically is aligned with your core values um, and what they value you hope you know they can mesh with what you what you are trying to do right we're trying to educate young people um, we're trying to help them be their best um, we want people that aren't just driven to win lacrosse games it, it's it's helping young people be successful um, navigate the rest of their lives um, we want them to hold, we want our coaches to be there to help and support them, but we also want them to set a high bar and, you know, try to challenge them to be their best, but also, you know, support them along the way, because during their four years, they're going to have some ups and downs. Um, so making sure we're getting more than just an X's and O's guy, right? We want a guy that's a leader that takes great pride in, in, in valuing relationships and um, wants to be a guy that has a strong relationship with their players. That doesn't mean being buddy, buddy, um, but that's developing a relationship. And it's obviously it's mentor and mentee, 
Um, but but knowing that that young person, when you're on the field, you're going to get challenged because we're we're trying to push and challenge you to be your best and, and play against the best teams in the country. And we're trying to develop a team that is selfless and has great chemistry um, that can, when we get on the field, have the, the, the right mentality, but also somebody that, hey, it's 11 o'clock at night and I'm struggling. I feel comfortable enough that I can call that coach um, and talk to him about anything. And if I have problems, they'll listen to me. Um, they'll, they'll be there for me. Um, so there's a lot of thought that when you try to find somebody of, you know, Coach Ruppert's character um, and the type of person that he is, those are big shoes to fill. Um, we feel like we were able to do that with Coach Benson, who has done a great job here. Um, but it's so much bigger than just finding a guy that can help you score goals. Because um, the kids need to know, hey, when you come here, yes, we are going to challenge you. Um, and, and again, be the best is be the best. But also, we realize there are going to be times where talking about the lacrosse part, that's, that's the farthest thing. It's really, hey, let's help you with what you're going through right now. We can get back to lacrosse later. So um, those things, I think, are, are really critical. You got to find someone that likes to, to work hard, um, you know, that really wants to put the time in, um, that really, you know, is, is here to be their best version of themselves, somebody that is humble, that wants to, to learn and grow just like I want to learn and grow every day from the people that I'm working around. And I want people that um, are going to challenge me. Um, and I never want to feel like I have it figured out because I feel like bringing somebody in with new, fresh ideas, um, it's going to be different, but that's how we continue to evolve. And we don't stay stagnant and, and you know, be, uh, we don't, we're not doing things that are outdated. We've got to continue to challenge ourselves and, and do things that work for this generation of players and the way the game is being played now, not the way that it was done 20 years ago. Right. Coach, what if, have you gotten it wrong in a, in a hire? And if so, what do you do? Um, I think we've been pretty fortunate, um, mm -hmm. but I think even when I was a young coach, you know, I came in and, you know, I had great role models. Jeff Long was my first boss and at a young age um, was willing to give me a shot. And I'm certainly thankful for that. Um, and he was a guy I learned a lot from um, and I've made plenty of mistakes, but, you know, he mentored me, you know, we, we had conversations and he would talk to me and say, Hey, you know, I think you could do better at this. And Hey, this is an area where you can improve. Um, and again, you've got to be okay with that feedback and you, you can't get caught up in, you know, well, I, I'm so defensive that I'm not going to listen and I'm going to deflect it. It's, well, here's an opportunity to grow from a person that cares about me. Um, and he's giving me information that maybe isn't great to hear at the time, but if I process it, digest it and make changes, I'm going to be better. And that's the same thing you're doing as a player. Um, you know, you've got to be able to take what a coach says and not take it personally. Um, we like to use the term that we stole from somebody else. You know, it's, we're critiquing the performance, not the performer. Um, you know, we're not attacking your character. We're trying to correct your actions um, because we feel like that could make you a better player and the team would be better. Uh, and then going to the Naval Academy and, and, and playing, or I mean, working for a guy like Coach Mead, just another great mentor, stylistically very different, but again, great for me, just a lot of different ways to lead, a lot of different things that I could take from both Coach Long and Coach Mead, um, and just 
kind of put them kind of in the back of my head or my back pocket um, and grow and learn and utilize down the road. And uh, there's probably not a day that goes by that I'm not utilizing something from them or the other coaches, assistant coaches that I worked with. Um, and I've had a lot of great guys that I've worked with. Um, so again, having that, and I know on, on, on one of the Zooms we did with you, you met, used this term growth mindset. Um, that growth mindset's really important. Um, you've got to continue to try to evolve, um, you know, not just categorize yourself as, well, I'm not good at this, so I'll avoid it, or I'm this. Um, you've got to evolve and, and not put yourself in the box. And, and, and if you're bad at something, well, you've got to learn to be uncomfortable. You've got to push and challenge yourself and you've got to work at it to be better at it. Or somebody that is good at that area, they're going to be better than you. Yeah. I mean, in, in that growth mindset, right. Highlighted by Carol Dweck, which I stole from her, the, from Stanford, it's the, if we're going to be the best, if you don't have a growth mindset, then being the best is unattainable because we've got to be growing every single day, consistent self and team improvement, or we will never be the best version of ourselves. Coach, when we transition from your staff to your team in, in itself, are there, when you're out recruiting, looking, I know you're, you just, you're, you're coming to, you're at the tail end of it here, uh, just coming off the road. Uh, but what are you looking for in, uh, in a young player that of why you want this player on your team? What are the things that you're looking for? I think most coaches are, are looking for the same types of thing, you know, and, and I'll speak to the more generalities. Cause I, I, I don't think what um, I think most coaches want the same types of things, right? There's, there's the, the physical tools that pretty easy for most people to go, kind of watch a game in, in their sport and go, okay, that guy's big, fast, strong, skilled. Um, you know, those things are pretty obvious. Um, but I think, you, you start looking at, okay, what are the things that you value in your team and you want your teammates um, to have and the people that surround you have, and then you try to find those things. I, I think most coaches would tell you, you know, work ethic, selflessness, resiliency, um, leadership, um, people that, you know, just, they're gonna have great energy, um, you know, things like that, because when they bring that energy, it just makes everything so much better. Um, so I think, you know, speaking more generally, I think that's what most coaches would look for. Um, and then there are some little twists I think each program might have uh, that are specific to them. Um, but I think most generally, I think most coaches would tell you a lot of those same things, because if you're part of an organization, you, you're bringing talented people in, but it still comes down to how that talent meshes. And you, it's much like a band, the band, the, the, the pieces in that band all have to play well together. If one, if the drums are too loud or the guitar is too loud and it drowns out the other pieces, it's not gonna sound very good. So you've got to find guys that will mesh together in any sport that you're coaching or any business that you're in, because everybody's got to work together. If, if one part is really strong, but it's negatively impacting everybody else, it's really, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So, 
you know, finding people that understands, hey, this is what we're trying to accomplish. We've got to put some of our personal, um, you know, maybe, hey, I would like to do this, but I realize, you know what, that wouldn't be in the best interest of the team. So I'm willing to give up some things maybe I think are easier or I'm a little more comfortable doing. But if that's what you need to do, I'm willing to do. I think most organizations are going to be successful with, with men and women like that because there's always going to be times where, you know, things don't go as planned and somebody's going to have to step up and, and do something. And uh, even though you may not be great at it, the fact that you're willing to do it does go a long way. And is there anything specific then, Coach, when you talk about selflessness, we'll just take selflessness as an example. Is there anything specific when you're out on the road recruiting that specifically that you can look for? I mean, it's an improper science, right? Recruiting, hiring, it's an, it's an imperfect science. You, you don't truly know what you're going to get until they're there. So we all are trying to do our best. Is there something you specifically look for to say, hey, is this kid selfless? Will he be a good member of our band? Well, there are certain things in any sport you're, you're, you're observing. You look at, okay, what is that person doing on the court? Does that person or a field, does that person make people around them better? You know, like in the sport of lacrosse, somebody that picks up ground balls, um, ground balls are critical. Um, they're not a, a, maybe a stat that a lot of people see as, okay, you know, it's a glamorous one, but, you know, a, a person that can pick up ground balls, a lot of it is grit, it's determination. Um, you might get hit, um, but, you know, a person that takes on a role of, hey, I'm going to do that is like somebody that is probably of high value to a lot of programs. Um, because it doesn't get a lot of glory, but it is critical to, to, to winning games. I think somebody that you know is playing a position that is not their normal position, but they're playing it because someone else can't play it because they can play one position. That person can play three or four position positions. They're willing to adjust um, and, hey, I'll play midfield because I know you can't play attack. So I'm willing to play out of position if that's what helps the team win. Um, yeah. You know, someone that is very vocal, um, someone that's maybe playing defense when they could be playing offense. Um, you know, things like that. You watch on the sidelines, who is supportive? You know, when people are coming off the field, um, are you somebody that is lifting up your teammates? Are you in the huddle looking at the coach? Are you in that huddle or on the outside looking in? Um, after, and this is something I saw a lot this summer, after the game is over, it's hot out. There are a lot of water bottles on the sideline. Are you, before you leaving, are you picking up those water bottles before you go, even though they're not yours? Um, why? You showed up and there weren't any water bottles there and you're leaving. So, how are you leaving that sideline? Because you know, you've heard this before, how you do anything is how you do everything. Seeing somebody that has the, the you know, just the wherewithal to go, you know what, this is the right thing to do, like we should do this is great. Seeing when things don't go well, somebody that is trying to lift up the team, keep everybody together, be positive, like those are great traits to find because you know over the course of four years, 
your, your group is going to have challenges on and off the field. It's not always going to be fun and easy. Um, you need to stick together. Um, having people that are wired that way can sometimes help those people that are struggling pull them along because they, they, they have a sense that maybe, hey, when I ask somebody, how are you doing? That's not just a quick question. When I ask that question, I am reading the tone of your voice. I'm looking at your body language and I'm looking in your eyes. And, and I really want to know, how are you doing? Not, hey, how you doing? Right? That, that's hello. How are you doing? Stop pausing and observing. And when they go, hey, come on, man. You're like, how are you really doing? Right? Like, they, they stay with it. And it's not just a greeting. It, it, it is a sincere question. Um, and, and people that can pick up on some of those cues, especially at a young age, that's, that's a skill, much like you mentioned, those are skills that get developed. And that awareness is really important because when you're part of that team, again, whether it's a business or a sports team, or, you know, you're, you're in the military, again, everybody's relying on everybody and people that have the ability to kind of look after other people first and, and kind of make, get a sense of how everybody's doing uh, without just focusing on themselves, the, the sum of the parts is going to be better. That's a great place to wrap. I had some other questions I was going to ask you, but none, uh, none as powerful as that. The program and this podcast mission is to help develop better leaders and create more cohesive teams to develop great teammates and great team leaders. Coach Tillman, thanks so much for helping us do so today. No, thanks for having me. It's, uh, you know, it's been great seeing, uh, you know, what you all are doing. Uh, remember, remember being there at the beginning. Um, so to see so many people being positively impacted by what you all are doing, uh, it's, it's been pretty awesome. It's been amazing. Um, and it has to be really rewarding for you. And uh, it was great to be there at the very start. Um, you know, you, you had an idea and you've run with it um, and you've really taken it to a really high level. So it's super cool to see because, uh, you know, you, you had the, I think the, the vision, but then you not only had the vision, you, you executed it, right? And, and you brought it to fruition, which Sometimes it starts, it, it, it starts and stops with, well, I'd like to do this, but then people don't take action. You've taken action. And, you know, I think much like we talk about being the best, I think you're always trying to, you know, all right, how can we do it better? Um, and again, that's, in my opinion, that's what the best do. Coach Tillman, I, I really appreciate that. The, the idea that, hey, Cap, what a great idea that you had. And it's something I hear often and, and have heard often over the past 13 years that we've been in existence. But in, in a number of our audience, I'm sure, uh, who know me and know us know this story. But for those who don't, I always, when I'm told, man, what a great idea, Cap, I'm always quick to point out, it is a great idea, isn't it? It's not my idea, but it's a great idea. And in fact, whose idea it was, was Coach Tillman's idea. We now work in our 13th year in business with more than 160 teams annually. 
our first one was Coach Tillman as a newly named head coach at Harvard University. I've known, as I said earlier, I knew Coach Tillman from a big part of my adult life. And, but when he was at Navy, at the same time, I was on my final tour at the, in the Marine Corps working at the Naval Academy. And while I was there, Coach Meade called me one day and said, you know, hey, Cap, can you come down here and work with our team? Coach Meade, having been both at Army and at Navy for a considerable amount of time, knows and is very familiar with uh, military, military values, what they teach us to be and try to be the best versions of ourselves that we can be, to be the best, as Coach Tillman spoke about earlier in our conversation this afternoon. And I went down there and worked out with the team for a couple days doing some experiential training with them. Then fast forward a few years later, Coach Tillman gets named to be the head coach at Harvard. I just opened up the program. The idea I had in opening the program and what we were going to do, it is not what we are doing now. It's Coach Tillman asking me as he gets to Harvard and says, and feels the same way that Coach Meade did and said, Cap, calls me one day and said, Cap, can you come out here and work with our team? and help instill those thoughts, those ideas, what it means to be a great teammate, what it means to be a great team leader, to help us work on our culture of being the best. And I had the great privilege of doing so 13 years ago. That's our first client. So yes, coach, I appreciate the compliment. I appreciate your telling me what a great idea it is before our audience, so you know, it is a great idea. It just isn't mine. It's actually Coach Tillman's. And Coach, I cannot thank you enough, not only uh, for your time that you gave me and us today, but even more importantly, for giving me that idea 13 years ago. And then so much of the support that you've given me and us ever since. I can't thank you enough. For our listeners, our book, the program, Lessons from Elite Military Units for Creating and Sustaining High-Performance Leaders and Teams can be found at Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. To sign up to receive our monthly letter on leadership or to learn more about the program and our leadership development and team building services for your own team, go to theprogram.org. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theprogram.org and on Facebook at theprogram.org and at we do one more. And on LinkedIn at theprogramllc. Finally, if you have enjoyed today's program podcast, please leave a review of it on whatever platform you have accessed it from. Thank you and Attack.